You're listening to Review and Preview on Facebook Live. Welcome back to another edition of Review and Preview, everybody. I'm your host for today's show, Kyle Russo, sitting alongside James Montefusco. James, how are you doing on this Tuesday evening? I'm doing pretty good. You know, the weather was beautiful out today, a lot more refreshed than last week. Not sure if you guys saw how exhausted I was last week, but feeling good. What about you, Kyle? Dude, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Well, you know, we had an action-packed show for all of you guys tonight. A lot of fun stuff going on in the NFL other stuff, other news, NBA All-Star Weekend just came to a close. Uh, some decent moves happening over the weekend as well that we'll talk about a little bit. Stuff happening in the NHL, as well as a little bit in the MLB as well, which we'll touch upon uh, come the end of the show. Make sure, as well, before we get started, James, subscribe to our YouTube channel at Review and Preview Sports. Also, as well, on Facebook at Review and Preview Sports as well. Make sure to subscribe to all of our platforms. You can listen to us on the anchor.fm at Review and preview, and James, I think that's I think that's pretty much it. I think I've covered all the bases for all of our platforms. Tell me if I'm missing yes. any. No, you didn't. And then we got a review and preview sports corner, so you guys can join that on Facebook as well. Um, find that on I believe it's on our page linked up there. So make sure you like and follow all our content. Um, Tom and Hank made a big blue avenue um, Instagram account as well, so you guys can give that a follow uh, for all Giants football news but you know what we're here to talk re- review and preview so without further ado kyle take it away james we're gonna get started with some nfl news and something that me and you on this show together the last i think two weeks it's been one of the biggest topics of discussion that we've had was dak prescott and without further yes. ado we're gonna get into it dak prescott dak prescott ladies and gentlemen received yesterday a four-year $160 million contract. $160 million contract. The first year of this contract will receive $75 million, which is the highest ever for any NFL player. I believe in this contract as well. He's getting the most guaranteed. I believe it's $126 million, which is the highest guaranteed money by an NFL player ever. We talked about it last week, James. We said Dak was worth the money, and I agreed. I said he's not worth $45 million. But I said if the Dallas Cowboys were smart, they were not going to let the inevitable prolong and give Dak the franchise tag, which would have been at $37 million, Mm -hmm. and then have to pay him that $45 that he was asking for. Now, yes, we know Jerry Jones could have given him money two years ago. When he first asked for it, it would have been nowhere near $40 million. Probably would have been 20 to $30 million range, which would have been much cheaper for a quarterback of his abilities. 
much cheaper for a quarterback with his abilities. But they are caught up now, and they had to pay him the money in which the market was reset for. Mm-hmm. And that's what they had to do. So, James, I have to ask you this, because what else would we be talking about in regards to this conversation? Not did Dak deserve the money, because I don't think that we could sit here today and say that anybody blatantly deserves $160 million. But did the Dallas Cowboys have to make this move, or was there another option in your opinion? I they, there's, I mean, they could have tagged him or gave him a one-year contract, but I don't think it would have quieted anybody, whether that be – Cowboys fans, whether that be since they're called America's team, America, whether that be Dak himself, players on the team, they paid him knowing that of what he was prior to his injury, which I get, which they wanted to keep their guy. Um, The concerning part, I think I even said this last week, is he's off an injury you pay this guy that much money, are you going to see what you got before the injury? Or are you going to see it's a four-year contract, so this year that he comes back, are you going to see a year that is more on a downside and then see the last three years where he excels? Um, not 100%, not can't remember 100% sure where they're drafting this year, so I can't say they could go after a quarterback. Not 100% sure we'll actually get to it on the free agents who's the, who's out on the market and quarterbacks. Um, you know what? Jerry Jones wanted somewhat of his guy because it took him so long to pay Dak. Um, so there you go. Dallas fans, enjoy what Dak has given you over the past few years, 8-8, eight and eight, missing the playoffs, wild card, going a little further, falling flat. Zeke isn't where Zeke used to be. So, you know what? We'll see. Um, it, it's it, it, it's a lot. It's, honestly, it's too much money. I wouldn't have paid somebody that much money coming off of an injury. Yeah, you know what he, what he was before, but it's an injury. Let's see what he can do. Uh, I just I, personally, if Cowboy fans get all uppity, well, we pay Dak this amount of money, or fans in general pay – Dak, this amount of money, we should be going to the Super Bowl, whatever, and they don't make it over the next two years, I'm just going to sit here and be like, well, you know what? Maybe you paid your guy too much money. Well, James, I'm going to break this down. So, in his first year, he is making $22.5 million, I believe it is. Okay. He's only making $22.5 million instead of playing under a franchise tag, which would have been 37 this year. So, the first year is not bad. Uh-huh. you got to remember. This year is very important because this is the year where the cap salary, the payroll, did not expand because of COVID-19. Yeah. But next year, you would assume that the, the salary cap would expand to, to a not significantly larger number, but a larger number than where it's at at 180, 185 right now. It'll probably eclipse that 200 number by this time next year. So it's really not that bad affecting the cap-wise as well. This is another point that I want to bring up because this is what everybody who hates the contract is going to, especially Giants fans. They're saying that they love the contract because, you know, they're Giants fans, that they love the contract because it kills the Cowboys. I got to break some news because if you you are a true NFL fan, then you would know this. You know why the salary cap is a thing? 
The salary cap is a thing because of Jerry Jones. The salary cap was instated in 1994, 1995 because Jerry Jones owning the Dallas Cowboys was winning Super Bowl after Super Bowl after Super Bowl. And it became unfair at that point in time that he was able to spend as much money as possible because he's one of the richest owners in football at around $9 billion. That he had the ability to do that with other teams, small market teams did not have the ability to do. Teams don't care about the salary cap. Look at the Eagles. Right, they're fifty million dollars above the salary cap. Do you think that they cared? Now they may care a little bit because the salary cap in the COVID-stricken season didn't expand, but they won a Super Bowl. You think the Dallas Cowboys really care? One of the richest owners in the in the sport cares that he just paid his franchise quarterback the way he did. No, he has players like Amari Cooper making the money he does. Ezekiel Elliott making the money he does. Offensive tackle Tyron Smith making the money he does. Demarcus Lawrence, no. Because as long as he's willing to spend, which he is, he doesn't care. This isn't a small market team that where you have a contract like this and you're killed. Is the goal to get right below or right on top of the salary cap with that number's at? Of course. A rich owner like Jerry Jones, one of the richest in the NFL, is not going to care if he has to overspend a little bit to get the good players on his team. That's why, to me, it doesn't matter what the contract was. Is Dak overpaid? Absolutely. Absolutely. Nobody in their right mind, $160 million. That's a lot of money for anybody. $126 million guaranteed, James, after coming off the injury. Yeah. But this is Gary Jones, one of the richest owners in sports. It does not matter. As long as his wallet is open, his pockets are full, it does not matter. It does not matter. And that's why I think when people really break this down in terms of what Dak is going to give you, and this is the best part too, Dak turns 28. He turns 28 in July. The first Mm -hmm. three years, after the first three years, he could opt out. So what does that mean? When he's 31, he could go cash in again. Because 31 is still the time of your career. This contract works out for both ends. I like it a lot. And again, in a division right now, and James, you know this, and I know this best, in a division right now that is probably one of the hardest hit quarterback controversy type divisions, mm-hmm. the Dallas Cowboys probably stand at the top right now in terms of where their quarterback is. Yep. Knowing that they have locked up this guy, they don't have to be in that same boat that the Washington football team, the Philadelphia Eagles, and the Giants are in right now, and they have an opportunity to win the division title every single year and compete for the playoffs. Because, again, in the NFC, and I think I brought this up last week, James, you break down the NFC. The quarterbacks are old in the NFC, right? Russell Wilson's not going to be here for much longer. And maybe not even with the Seahawks for much longer. He might be moving out of conference. Matt Ryan as well. Atlanta may be yeah. quarterback this year. Matthew Stafford is only a two-year thing until his contract is expired. Aaron Rodgers may only be another year or two before Green Bay decides to move on to Jordan Love. All these older quarterbacks, that's when these younger guys, Tom Brady, even though, again, we joke about it, (laughs) may not be much longer in the NFL. Guys like Dak Prescott, guys like Kyler Murray are the guys that are going to be the benefactor of that, that when all these guys that are making the playoffs that are older veteran quarterbacks are pretty much done, they're going to be there to swoop up and take on that entire conference, let alone their own divisions, but the entire conference. That's why I love this deal. I think it's great. Dallas did the right thing. They paid him. 
they kind of shot themselves in the foot because they could have gotten a much cheaper deal two years ago. But I think it was really on behalf of the fact that they didn't know what they had in Dak Prescott yet. I think they figured that out and, you know, they paid him a lot of money, but now they got their franchise quarterback, a top 10 guy, which we discussed last week, James, as you remember the list, in the NFL. Yep. And so you can't go wrong knowing you have your franchise quarterback now locked up for the next few years. Can't go wrong with that. No. Any last words before we move on from Dak Prescott, James? Yeah. Nope, because I'm tired of talking about Dallas. So, <laughs> Sounds good. Anyway, so James and some other NFL news before we start breaking down the, the tag trade, uh, the tag deadline, which was today at 4 o'clock, and a little preview of free agency. Um, the Raiders this morning traded offensive tackle Trent Brown to back to the New England Patriots. So Trent Brown was with the Patriots a couple of years back before signing that massive deal with the Raiders. Uh, mm-hmm. Traded back for a 2022 seventh round pick to the Patriots for a 2022 fifth round pick. I like this move a lot. Trent Brown already knows the system of the New England Patriots, knows the mantra of Bill Belichick. Uh, is going to really help solidify and whatever quarterback they decide to bring in, he's going to definitely improve the ability to sustain, uh, sustain a pocket for that quarterback uh, with his impact on the field. So I like that move a lot. In other NFL news, the Titans also look to improve their offensive line a little bit. They traded for Isaiah Wilson, who was a former first-round pick just last year, James, a first-round pick being available on the market. Uh, they trade him to the Miami Dolphins for a 2022 seventh-round pick, to the Dolphins for a 2021 seventh-round pick. So basically what they did in this trade was they just swapped their first-round, uh, their seventh-round picks. So yep. if you're telling me that you get a first-round tackle just from last year, for a seventh round pick, I hop on that opportunity any day of the week. And Miami is definitely improving their offensive line with a nice young offensive talent. So I like that move a lot for them, especially as they look to figure out their quarterback situation with Tua and look to protect him. Obviously, with an injury plague college history and with a little bit of injury this year in his first year, I like that move a lot. And James, last NFL news before we get into the fun stuff, because I, I, I hype right. the fun stuff a little bit. The Buccaneers, earlier today, a couple hours ago, actually, the Buccaneers were signed long-term, uh, long-time linebacker Levante David to a two-year, $25 million deal. So getting right back into that Super Bowl mindset, bringing back the guys that helped them there, the long-time vet, I believe he was there almost 10 years. Um, I believe so. Well, this was one of his 10th, I think this was like his 10th year, something along those lines. So getting him back in the squad, veteran presence, bring back one of the dominant defensive presence that helped Tampa in their success this season in the Super Bowl run. Like this move a lot. The contract comes out to around 12 and a half per year. So it's not too damaging of a contract and it's short term. So it's not going to kill you long term either. So I like this move a lot by Tampa, bringing back the pieces that got them there in the first place. And now James, Great. the fun part. Yes. The fun part. So today, That's as I alluded to earlier, um, the trade, uh, not trade, I keep on saying that the franchise tag, franchise tag. occurred today at four o'clock, which mm-hmm. means each NFL team had the opportunity to franchise a player on their roster if they wish to do so. Yep. And James, a lot of players got tagged that were highly touted to become free agents and, you know, picked up by other squads within the NFL to see where they land. So some of the names, and we'll go over some of the names real quickly. Justin Simmons, safety for the Broncos. He actually got tagged a couple days ago. I like this a lot by Denver to improve upon their defense. Vic Vangio being a defensive presence and a defensive-minded coach. 
This is a good, nice bring back for him, one of the best young safeties in football. The Washington football team, franchise tagging Brandon Scherf, one of the mm-hmm. best offensive guards in the game, to protect whatever quarterback they do have under center. Next year, as they did release Alex Smith a couple of days ago as well. Yep. The Jets tag safety Marcus May, who is one of their best defensive players at this point in time. So that's definitely nice to see. Marcus Williams, safety for the New Orleans Saints, gets tagged as well. And this is this is another point where I want to allude to my earlier statement about Dak Prescott that proves that teams don't care about the salary cap. Yeah. The Saints were a team that was one of the most screwed teams in football when it came to the salary cap. I get it. They reworked contracts and everything with Cam Jordan and Demario Davis. Yeah. But they still tagged the guy in Marcus Williams before they even figured out their quarterback situation. Teams don't care about the salary cap. If the owners have to overpay, they don't care. It doesn't matter. You could have a number on it, but as long as you don't get severely penalized for doing so, they'll go over it. If that means having an opportunity to win, putting the best players out there, doesn't matter. Allen Robinson, James, I know that was the name of the Giants were linked to, yep. but he got franchise tag, uh, wide receiver for the Chicago Bears. He got franchise tagged by them, so that's what he will remain for next season. Okay. Taylor Martin, offensive tackle for the Carolina Panthers. Really good offensive tackle, actually. He got tagged. I think this is his second time getting tagged. Mm. So he was a free agent after next year, but that is a really good tagging by the Panthers and keeping him around. Again, another team with quarterback controversy. Who will their quarterback be come the new year, 2021? Cam Robinson, offensive tackle for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Another great offensive tackle. Uh, came out of Alabama a couple years ago. I know he was hurt, I believe, last year. But really mm-hmm. good offensive tackle to bring back. Nice signing for them. And James, two of the other guys that were highly doubted and then would be one of the highest paid at their position if they did hit free agency. Chris Godwin gets tagged by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yep. And Leonard Williams of the New York Giants gets tagged as well. So, yeah, Giants franchise tag Leonard Williams. This was – James, I don't know if you have any input here. I'll give my opinion quickly and then go on to you. Again, it was a move that you had to make. This wasn't a trade that Dave Gettman was making with the mindset of this guy is not going to be around long term. It stands at 19.2, 19.3, somewhere around that number. I don't dislike the move. I just dislike the fact that going into this offseason, the Giants only had $19 million in cap room. And that all that money just went to Leonard Williams. And what I've heard is this is just a placeholder until they can agree to a long-term deal. But again, that means that they're probably going to have to release a lot of other players like a Kevin Zeitler, probably a Nate Solder, maybe other a couple pieces so that they could gain some capital back because, again, they have zero cap space right now at this point in time after this franchise tag. Another guy, James, we'll talk about in a little bit, and a guy in Dalvin Thompson, another free agent on the uh, on the market. They need to bring him back as well, and I think we'll see some offensive cuts or some cuts in general from the Giants in order to make some cap. But we'll see what happens. Noctum uh, Ab Urbe, one of my favorites, sports cast. Hi, guys. How you doing, man? What's up, man? Make sure to comment, share, like, and subscribe. Uh, appreciate it. Um, so, James, those are some of the players that got tagged. Any comments on the Leonard Williams tagging? Um, no, because we tagged him last year, and he got, I think, around $16 million. So they just upped it another $3 million. Uh, three, probably a little bit more. Um, I mean, it, it, from what he did, it was smart. 
they, they do, but that's a lot of money that now we don't have possibly to bring back Dalvin Thomas and possibly even going out, getting another guy, either a wide receiver and, a, you know, possibly a backup quarterback or a quarterback. You know, they, there's a lot of other things that must have been weighed in this decision of franchise tag and using prop pretty much most of your money on one person. Um Listen, it should be interesting to see who they cut over the next few days because, what was it, today's Tuesday, Monday, and Sunday, they were restructuring and cutting players already. So we're just hearing Leonard Williams getting tagged today. I'm sure that will continue within the next week or so with who gets cut, what contract gets restructured, how much does that save off a cap, does that hit the cap. So looking forward to what this tag means for the Giants down the line. Not going to agree with you. I think everything that you just is it's now time for the fun part of the show. Something I texted oh, you about is. last Something yeah, I texted you about it last night. We talked a little yes, bit about did. it. Something that I thought of over the weekend. And it's a little game that I put together. It's called Get Your Money. Because as free as you have to yeah. Get your money. As free agency is approaching, come next week, there's going to be a lot of great signings. And right now, me and James, over the next however it takes, however much time, we will be going over about 20 of the top names that are hitting free agency. So, James. Yes. Excuse me. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Get Yo Money. They liked it. They liked it. They liked it. All right, James. So what I've created here for us today to enjoy is a list of 20 of the top free agents, and I put them on a wheel. And this wheel yep. does spin. Yes, and it does. Not, it's in randomized order. Whatever the wheel decides to land on, that is the name that we will talk about first until we are down to no names left, and then we will further move on and progress towards other topics to discuss on this week's edition of Review and Preview. So, James, without further ado, spin the wheel, my friend. Spin. You see it? Is it spinning? There we go. There we go. Joe Thune. James, remove that name off the list. That way we don't repeat. Removed. Perfect. Perfect. Don't. Don't mind the screen. It's a little fun right Anyway, Joe Thune of the New England Patriots. This is an interesting one because they franchise tagged him last year, I believe. They chose not to sign him long term. He's been one of the best guards in football over the course of the last couple of seasons. I, I believe Thune was the one that had the blow clots a couple of years ago, James. But I, I think you're correct. Thune had... Uh, no, not no. It wasn't. It was Andrew something. <clears throat> it was. But Dooney has been yeah. one of the best cards in football the last couple seasons. He's played since 2016. He's 28 years old right now. He has played every single game of the season, all 16 starts, a healthy guy. So we know he's not injured. We know that he'll have value there because, again, reset the market with the tag last year. Yep. So, James, I'm, I'm, I'm looking around the NFL, and I'm trying to – 
I'm trying to, as I'm doing my notes, I'm trying to think of what team would be a suitor for uh, Joe Thune. And one of the places that came to mind was the Bengals. And hmm. I think we saw it last offseason where the Bengals last season were a terrible – Joe Burrow, the whole reason why he got hurt, they could not protect him. That was yep. the whole thing. They couldn't protect him, and that's why he got hurt. I think that they look to go out in free agency. I don't I don't believe they have a lot of money because I know they, they also have Carl Lawson who's a free agent as well on the defensive side of the ball. They go out and spend some money on a Joe Thune to help protect their franchise quarterback. I think this is also a team that we could look at the draft. They hold the fifth overall pick in this year's draft. Mm-hmm. Where they could be drafting his uh, Penny uh, School out of Oregon to protect Joe Burrow. Again, in eight games last season, Joe Burrow was on pace to break rookie quarterback records. Yep. Saw that he was the front runner at that point in time to win offensive rookie of the year. But he got hurt because they couldn't protect him. So I think that this is a team that would be a good suitor for Joe Thune. I think that's where he could potentially land. I would agree. I would agree with you 100%. All right, James. We're going to go on to another name. Is the wheel fixed or is the wheel glitched? The wheel's glitched, but let's see how let's see how it goes. I'm not I refreshed it like seven times. So we're going to tap to spin. So it's spinning. I'm sure it's giving everybody a headache. We'll see what happens. Let's see what happens. Trent Williams. Trent Williams. All right. Trent Williams. 33 years old, James. Played with the 49ers the past season or two. Uh, this is an interesting one. Trent Williams is a guy, as you remember, when he was with the formerly known as the Washington Redskins, uh, now the Washington football team, he got, he had cancer and they didn't realize that they didn't pick it up in, in their own professional doctorate field that they have on that squad for the Washington football team. Yeah. And he was very frustrated, frustrated with them and demanded a trade. And I believe he was traded last off season during the draft to the 49ers. So he's played about a year or two there, had mm-hmm. a successful season. But, James, he is 33 years old. He so is. this is a guy at this point in his career that's going to look to want to win a championship. And a team that needs offensive help, a team that, as far as I'm concerned today, cleared up around 14 million, or a couple days ago, yesterday or today, yep. cleared up about $14 million, the Seattle Seahawks. Seattle Seahawks is a team in which I think is going to need a player in Trent Williams. They're a team that needs to keep Russell Wilson happy. And I think we've seen that this offseason, he's not happy. He's not happy with the squad in which they developed. And I think it's more so the fact that because they can't protect him at the quarterback position, that he's gotten to this point of such frustration in which now, James, we're hearing that he would be open to a trade to a team like the Chicago Bears, which, yep. truly, to be honest with you, I don't think that's ever going to happen. I don't think we're going to see something like that happen. I think Seattle is going to do everything in their power to keep this guy on the roster, and I think we're going to see that. I don't think he's going to leave, and I think a way to keep him on this roster is to sign and bring in a guy, a veteran guy, like a Trilliams. Why this also is intriguing, they already have a tackle in Dwayne Brown, who they traded for 
couple seasons back at the left tackle position. So you solidify and add another great offensive lineman in Trent Williams. I think that could help them out tremendously. So Seattle is my prediction for Trent Williams. I Seattle, Trent Williams is probably the best fit for Seattle. It'll only calm down Russell Wilson a little bit. And having a veteran guy, like you were saying, it, it would make sense. I don't see any other team Trent Williams would be going to. But then again, it's franchise tag, NFL free agent season, where we could say something on the show now, and by 9 o'clock, Trent Williams could be, say, I don't know, a Green Bay Packer. You know, just, make, just making, this, making this stuff up, you know. But it would make sense he goes to Seattle. Yeah, listen, I can see it totally happening. But James, without further ado, spin the wheel again, my friend. But we're spinning the wheel again. All right. Again, apologies for not having this cooperate with us tonight. Yeah, I'm a little upset. I'm a little I upset. I am too. I, we were looking forward to it. So here we go. And the winner is John John Smith. John Smith. Smith, tight end for the Tennessee Titans. Tight end for the Tennessee Titans. John Smith has been one of the best, most underrated tight ends in football last couple seasons. He was drafted, let's say, three, four years ago. I think he was within the same draft as guys like a George Kittle. But Mm -hmm. this guy came out, he started off slow because at at the first beginning points of his career, he was on the same team as the Delaney Walker, who uh, was obviously the better tight end, the more experienced tight end at the point in time. Uh, But John Smith, over the last couple seasons, has really come into his own has been a really good player. And the Titans did not use the franchise tag on him. And it's no. that I think would be a perfect fit for Jono Smith. Um, I could really see the Arizona Cardinals be a team that is intrigued by him. The Arizona Cardinals, James, we talked about it last week, is one of the, most, the younger teams in the NFL. They're, they're aspiring. They're, I think they have a chance to be a really good team. On that offense, they have a lot of good weapons, a Christian Kirk, a Kyler Murray, obviously a quarterback. The offensive line is pretty good. Um, obviously, DeAndre Hopkins. But, James, they're missing a tight end. They're missing mm-hmm. a tight end. They're running with guys like uh, – I believe his name was uh, Arnold, something something along those lines last year. They need a solidified tight end. I think implementing a John o. Smith into that system of Cliff Kingsbury will improve the offense and really help them. Uh, come this upcoming season and for seasons to come because I think that Arizona is a team that's going up rather than uh, going down. So I'd really like to see John Smith with the Arizona Cardinals. I think that'd be a good fit for him. I think it would also be a a complimentary to the quarterback to have have a veteran tight end um, and help them only better themselves. So... We'll have to see again, you know, you know what I'm saying? Yep. James, proceed to the wheel. To the wheel. Uh, all right, maybe getting a little better. I don't know. It's probably making everybody dizzy, but. It's all funky, man. Dude, I'm so disappointed. I'm going to share my screen on the next one and see what we can do. All right. Maybe, maybe it's my end. James Winston. All right, James Winston. James Winston. Um. I don't think he's going to end up any other place than the Saints. I think that's been determined. 
uh, Sean Payton has talked about it all offseason. He even talked about it at the end of the regular season and saying that, you know, one of their priorities was to bring a guy back in Jameis Winston. Mm-hmm. And I think it should be the main focus, considering that obviously you don't know the situation of Drew right now, my personal opinion. I don't think he's coming back. And I think that if you have to put in a quarterback in there, put in a guy that's been with the team for a year, yes, he didn't play much, or if at all, I believe his only pass of the season was in that playoff game against the Bears. Put him in there, or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I believe it was, it was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Give him the opportunity to start for the year as kind of a band-aid quarterback, maybe a year or two deal, chipping off with Will because he had been the star last year. He knows the system. He knows Sean Payton. He's worked with these players in the offseason, worked with them in training camp. Put Jason uh, Jameis Winston as the starting quarterback for the New Orleans Saints come 2021. I think that's going to be the guy. I think so, too. We saw it at the end of last year. Uh, Drew Brees talking to Jameson, saying, Jameson, uh, saying, this is your team. Um, I think they run it for a year, maybe two years, a, James, a Winston Hill kind of duo, um, see how them two pan out. And then if they don't work, I, I know it would probably put the Saints back a couple years, but if it does work out, you probably played the right hands and it, it's in your favor. Um, yeah. I, I think I think they'll ride with him unless something else comes along that's a better option. And a better fit for New Orleans. I don't disagree with you. I don't disagree with you. I think that the Saints would be a, a perfect spot for him. But James, we've gotten through about, I want to say four names. So make sure to remove James off this list because we can't see it right now. It's a little glitched right now, the, 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 the get your money wheel. But make sure to remove him off the list and yep. turn that wheel again for us. Bud Dupree. Dupree. All right, this is an interesting one, James, because the Pittsburgh Steelers right now have no money whatsoever. They have zero money. Even after the restructuring of Ben Roethlisberger's contract, they stand in a position right now where they don't have a lot of flexibility. They don't have a lot of money. I believe they franchised him last year, um, but I just don't see. I don't see him coming back. There's a lot of teams that could use a solid edge rusher in the NFL. And I'm trying to I'm trying to picture a good fit for him right now. Where would he potentially be a good fit? I, I could potentially see maybe an Atlanta Falcons, because mm. they do a lot of defensive help. I don't know if they necessarily have the money. I don't think I don't believe they'd have the money. Maybe a better fit would be the Oakland Raiders would be a nice fit because their defense was one of the worst in the league league last year uh, in terms of getting to the quarterback, in terms of just overall defensive play. I think a guy adding a guy in uh, Bud Dupree, along a guy in Max Crosby, who's been really good since entering the league, really underrated because the defensive side of the Raiders' ball is just not great so far. But I think he would tremendously improve them. I think they would have the money to sign him. uh, And I think he'd obviously be a fan favorite of John Gruden. Uh, just because of his defensive play, his defensive style, and what he's been able to accomplish these last few years of his NFL career. But I think that would be a good pickup for them. I, I see I see that. I also see 
possibly the Jets. They have a decent amount of cap space too. That is true. That is true. Um, pick him up, sign him for a long term deal. Whatever it comes out to be, it comes out to be. But if he wants to be content, he wants if he wants to go to a contender, the Raiders would probably be one of the best options for him. Um, since what we saw them do last season, get a little help on either side. Um, it might it might help them. And we have a comment from John Suggs. Okay, you want to read this one off? Oh, no, no, just read it off, man. Just read it off. Yeah. And we'll go Huge pickup for Patriots today, Trent Brown. And not sure if Pat's pick Malcolm Butler again since Trent Brown signed today to for $11 million. Butler, the seven-year veteran, would have held a $14.2 million cap number for the upcoming season. Yeah, I I like the I like the Trent Brown move a lot, John. I, I love it a lot. He again, he knows the system already. Malcolm Butler is a guy that was earlier released by the Tennessee Titans. Forgot to mention that. Thank you, John. Appreciate it. Uh, but he was he was released. I, I could see him going back to the Patriots, especially if what we're hearing about them potentially moving on from a Stefan Gilmore trading him in the offseason. That'd be a nice little piece to add along with uh JC Jackson. Um lining up beside him, especially already knowing the system like we just talked about with Trent Brown. It wouldn't be a bad move. I, I'd like to see it happen, but we'll see what happens as the Patriots are a team that are looking to figure out a lot of different pieces right now as they're struggling to find their quarterback, you know, running back situation, wide receiver, tight end, all over the place struggling. But we'll see what happens for their offseason as we uh, go underway. James, all right. spin the wheel. Spin the wheel. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to spin it, and then I'll put it up for what the wheel picks because I'm pretty sure it's bothering or hurting all of our viewers' eyes as, as uh, since it's so messed up. Yeah. Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones. James, make sure you remove these from the list too because everything we can't see. But Aaron Jones, this is an interesting one. So Aaron Jones going to the offseason, I could have easily seen – the Green Bay Packers franchise tagging him. I think that would have been one of the smarter moves to do. They chose not to franchise tag him this morning um, and earlier this afternoon. I think the perfect place for him, uh, a lot of people are mentioning this place. I think the Dolphins are the perfect place. They haven't had a set in stone running back. They've struggled throughout the years trying to get that solid guy. Uh, everybody thought it was Jay Jahi a couple of years ago, then he fell off. They traded for Jordan Howard. That didn't work. Uh, Miles Gaskin and uh, Salvin Ahmad were good this year, but I think they want to have their set in stone franchise running back and a team that has this offseason a lot of money to spend, as the Miami Dolphins do. I believe they have around $23 million, something along those lines. I think that they could easily plug in a guy like Aaron Jones into that offensive system. It'd be great for Tua Togovailoa if that is the quarterback that they choose to move on from, especially because he is a pass-catching back, so not only helping out in the run game, but as a receiver, potentially as well, I'd like to see the Miami Dolphins execute, make a move on Aaron Jones. I would too. He's a veteran guy. We saw what he did. Um, Kyle, all your points that you just said, I would have just said, so I'm not going to rephrase them, repeat them. Uh, but John does have some more comments here. Uh, John with Pats, do not give any franchise tag. Uh, yeah, John, we actually just talked about that uh, Packers working a long term deal uh, as we speak with Jones. Interesting. Interesting. 
They had another opportunity to tag him. I, I would have said tag him another year, especially at the running back position. They have till March 17th to so figure out a contract. Midweek next week? Yeah. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens with Aaron Jones. I think Miami would be a good fit for him, though. All right, James, next one on the wheel. Next one on the wheel. In that wheel right now. Dude, I am so disappointed that the wheel glitched out. It's, it's, oh, I am too. It's, yeah. it's, it's upsetting. Trey Hendrickson. All right, so Trey Hendrickson had one of the quietest, best seasons that I think I've seen in a long time. And what I mean by that is that he led the league or got close to leading the league in sacks this year. Let me pull up his statistics real quick. So Trey Hendrickson last year had 22 tackles and 13 and a half sacks. Now that 13 and a half sacks put him um, in company with some of the best, obviously, guys in the league. He only fell second, tied for second, actually, with Aaron Donald with 13 and a half, only behind TJ Watt, who had 15 sacks last season. So Trey Hendrickson is an interesting case because you could make the argument, even though that the Saints franchise tag, uh, they franchise tagged Marcus Williams this afternoon. I feel like the Saints may want to give him an opportunity to come back if they can rework. Again, teams don't necessarily care about salary cap. Even though it's a set-in-stone number, you could obviously go above it. Yep. You could go above it. I think that a team that I'd like to see sign him, I'd like to see, honestly, I'd like to see the Buffalo Bills sign him. I think that that would be a great defensive presence for them, get them a name-type player on that defensive line to help them out tremendously. I think it would be a solid impact player. I'm not saying that's going to be the defining point or the point where you could say solidified and, and set in stone, that puts them over the edge. But that's a guy that I'd like to see on that team. Now, will they have to rework money? Yes, I know that they're reworking contracts with some of their other players as we speak. But I'd like to see where he ends up. John's saying he'd like to see Trey go to the Chargers. The Chargers have around $25 million in cap space. So, John, that'd be a great spot for him as the the front for the Chargers was pretty bad last year. And having a young, aspiring quarterback in Justin Herbert to work with a – always forget the wide receiver's name. Oh, my goodness. Oh, what was for the LA charge? Uh, uh, I don't know why I'm blanking. Give me a second. I'll pull Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen. Yeah, yeah, there they, we go. They don't need to improve upon the offense, maybe the running back position a little bit, but definitely need help on that defensive front. I'd like to see Trey Hendrickson. John, I actually like your point a lot more than mine. I'd like to see him go to the Chargers. That'd be a good spot for him. I think the Bills would. Kyle, you're saying the restructuring everything up in Buffalo. Bills wouldn't be a bad hit either. Um, brings more to that defense. But the Chargers, John does make a good point because they're coming re- relevant again. We saw what they did this year. So maybe bring bring on a guy like him might be helpful. Um, all right. You want me to spin the wheel again? Yeah, I mean, we have to. Uh, okay. Just wanted to double check, you know. This I am. We will be fixing out these glitches because I am very disappointed right now. I am. I, I worked on this all day and it's just not working. Very disappointed. Oh, James, you got to remove him, man. Remove him. Uh, I will. No, remove him now. We already talked about Jono. Well, I removed him and he reappeared. But the wheel is messed up. The wheel is messed up. 
James is not looking good, my guy. I, I know. Let, let's see what this fix. Let's see. Let's see. Yannick Ngakwe. Yannick we didn't Ngakwe. talk about him. This is an interesting one. So Yannick Ngakwe last season was traded from the Jacksonville Jaguars to the Minnesota Vikings. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I say it's interesting because he only lasted like five games with the Vikings before they flipped him to the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, he had an okay season with the Ravens between the Vikings and the Ravens, had a combined eight sacks with both teams. Uh, I'm trying to think of a good fit for Yannick Ngakwe. I would say maybe a good fit for Ngakwe, a team that I'd like to see him with potentially. Maybe a Jets. Maybe a Jets. Jets have a lot of money. We got to remember they have a defensive-minded coach uh, with Robert Sala. Another guy as well, John's talking about as well, Yannick Ngakwe going to the Texans. John, I just don't see it with the amount of money that they have. Them really going out. I know that they have around $17 million, but they have so many other issues right now. I don't know if that's the... <laughs> Approach. Do they look to re-sign a guy in Will Fuller first? Or do they re-look to sign a defensive guy after losing J.J. Watt? I think if you're Yannick Ngakwe, you want to go in a position where you have the opportunity to be in a winning position or a team that's on the uprise. A team that I potentially see him going to is the Browns, potentially. They mm-hmm. released Adrian Warren today. The Browns are a team that we all saw compete heavily against the Chiefs in that, uh, not the AFC Championship team, but the team right before that. Uh, I'd like to see him potentially with the Browns. I think he'd be a good fit alongside a guy in Miles Garrett on that line. I think I'd like to see that. That'd be a good fit. Matt, with Miles Garrett on the other side, I like that. I like that a lot, actually. Uh, right. Texans saying Texans have Lovey Smith now. He will push for a defensive player. John, I don't disagree with you. I just think that the Texans as a whole are just so messed up right now. I just I. You know, we got to see what unfolds. They have the money to do so. They definitely do. But I think they have so many other holes right now that they have to figure out. I think adding a player of his caliber on top of that, trying to get him to play for them is going to be a question. Or even the Seahawks, they need help getting to the quarterback. Again, John, they just need to make Russell Wilson happy, and I think that comes first with fixing the offensive line. I think is going to be the main uh, – Thing that they have to address this offseason. I know the defense is a defense was given around 30 points per game last season, but I think that they have to worry about protecting uh, Russell Wilson first before addressing Ngakwe, potentially a defensive minded player. All right. Back to this wheel. So disappointed, man. You know, I, I know you busted your ass all day and then spin it once and it comes up like this. It's amazing. Shaq Barrett. Shaq Barrett. This is interesting. So Shaq Barrett, we, we saw some other Tampa Bay Buccaneers work this stuff out today, right? Levante Dave, linebacker, same position. Gets yep. signed by him on a two-year contract. Not a lot of money. Chris Godwin gets the tag. Tampa Bay, let's look at the money they have right now. Tampa Bay, they are under. So they are they are $7 million above the cap. So, okay. They really don't like uh, – you know, I'd love to see him back, but I think he's a player that they don't have ties to, wasn't drafted by them, drafted by Denver back in the day. Uh, 
brought over to the Buccaneers. They franchise tagged him after his monster season last season. Uh, I think he may be on the move now to a team. Let's see who potentially we could see him on the market for. So a team that I could see him going to, James, Shaq Barrett. I'd like to see Shaq Barrett go to a team like the um, – I'd like to see Shaq Barrett go to a team uh, – I'm trying to think of a good place for Shaq. Shaq would be – hmm. Where would, where would be a good team for Shaq? I mean, realistically, I mean, you know, we could say we could say a team like the Jaguars that are in a rebuilding phase, looking to improve upon the defense, as they have traded so many of their guys, got rid of so many of the defensive pieces. This could be an opportunity. Guy is a two-time Super Bowl champion. Yeah. Uh, he'd be looking to cash on that opportunity now. Uh, Tom thinks he finds his way back. To him. I'd love to see it too. I just it'd be interesting to see how they work out the money. Uh, that, yeah. That's the biggest question. Uh, tagging Godwin will allow the team to continue renegotiating a long-term deal with him, but NFL.com notes he will earn $15.81 million if he plays on the franchise tag. Well, John, they can't franchise tag him. They already tagged Godwin. Cap space will potentially be a problem for the Bucks if they want to retain all their significant free agents over the cap estimates. They are 3.8 over projected $180.5 million in 2021. I'd love to see him back with Tampa. I really and would, then- but I'd also see him uh Shaq to the Panthers that's yeah. another one Tampa's another yeah. team that has a lot of cap space yeah I think that they are we saw last season John I think they had like 10 draft picks and all of them were defensive players I think they're looking to build through the draft defensively Shaq would be definitely a nice acquisition but I think that he's a player that would love to cash in and I could see him going to play uh for Jacksonville potentially also got to be sold on the fact that he wouldn't have to leave the Florida area. Yes, he'd have to leave Tampa, but could move to Jacksonville. I think that's also a big factor as well, potentially. And then, Kyle, I just wanted to point that out to you. John, I appreciate it, man. I it's, just, it's so disappointing that it's all glitching right now. It's It really is. But you know what? It is what it is. It's a surprise, like you said. So that way it's not scripted. That way we could just go off it, right? It's all fun. All right, James, without further ado, spin that mess. Let's see who we got now. Juju, no. Uh, That's that. I think that is Hunter. Yep. Hunter Henry, another tight end on the market. So we just talked about John and Smith. I think a good fit for him would be the Arizona Cardinals. I think a guy for Hunter Henry. See, this is interesting because the Chargers have the money to bring him back. But the yep. fact that they can tag him, it, it now becomes an interesting you know, standpoint. A team that I could see him going to potentially. I could actually see him going to a couple places. I have three mm-hmm. places in mind that I'd like to see him go. So one is the New England Patriots. They drafted two tight ends last offseason. I don't think they really have panned out. The Patriots are a team that is notorious for having the tight ends, whether it was, you know, uh, an Aaron Hernandez back in there, obviously Rob Gronkowski for so many years. Mm-hmm. Uh, they drafted two tight ends last offseason. Necessarily haven't really transitioned that well to the NFL. Uh, CSC and um, – there are other tight ends that they drafted in last year's draft that is more of a halfback, not really a uh, a tight end. I'd like to see him in a Patriots uniform. I think he'd fit the system good. I think that'd be a good fit for them as well. The Colts are another team. I know they have a Jack Doyle. I know they have a Mo Alley Cox. But if you want to get that name guy in there, I think that Hunter Henry would be a good fit. Give Carson Wentz another weapon to work with, another solid tight end that's been in the league now three, four years, has accomplished some decent things whether it was with 
Philip Rivers or Justin Herbert in his rookie season, that would be a good fit as well. And the last one that I thought of is the Washington football team. Have around $36 million in cap space. Could address some different pieces, you know, the, the quarterback position, obviously, the offensive line and defense, uh, decent. The running back situation when Antonio Gibson is nice. They had a couple of receivers in uh, Terry McLaurin, Sims, uh, mm-hmm. a couple other guys. The tight end, I know Logan Thomas had a good year, but again, if you want to get that named guy in there who's accomplished a decent amount so far in this league, I'd like to see a Hunter Henry maybe in a Washington football team uniform. Oof, sorry. Yeah, no, I would agree. You're not making me tired. Believe me, you're not. Um, him in a Washington football team jersey? Listen, like it would scare me knowing that the Giants cannot cover tight ends, but having but a guy – like But it, it, I think it would fit. I think it would be a nice fit for them. And and that that is your closet NFL, NFC East team. That is my so, NFC East team. That is you know, so that's why you're saying that. All right, back to this. Back to the mess. All right, if you can guess what it lands on when it kind of lands on it, um, good for you. Well, no, nobody can shot. guess this. So. No shot you're guessing that. Let's see what it is. James, you got to remove Jonathan. I we did. Remove- I removed him twice already. That. All right. All right. All right. Okay. If it comes up as Juwan again, we, we just pick some random person. The blue line. The blue line. Perfect. Bud Dupree. What is, James, what is happening, my friend? What is I, happening? Listen, bro. I'm I'm clicking remove here. Watch. Watch everybody. Remove. See? Removed. And then it gets this colossal mess. Let's try it again. One more time. And then I might just have to read off this wheel off my computer. Uh, you might I have to. But we'll see what happens. James, spin it one more. Because we only got a few more names left. We have about 10 names left. So we got about halfway through. We covered Shaquille him too. No, we did not. We did not cover all Shaquille right. Griffin. Uh, all right, so, good, 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 good. So this is interesting. Shaquille Griffin was uh, drafted by the Seahawks a couple years back. Um, they did not franchise tag him today. Uh, they chose not to, but they did relieve around $14 million with uh, letting go of a Carlos Dunlap. Shaquille Griffin was one of the best players on this defense, and that's not saying much, not to take anything away from him, but the defense was – very, very bad last year. I think that mm-hmm. in terms of cornerback position, they would look to bring him back. So I'm going to say that Shaquille Griffin, although they did not franchise tag him, I say they work out a deal and he stays with the Seattle Seahawks. I think so too. I think this – we've been talking a lot of Seahawks around in this segment um, between offense, defense, Russell Wilson, so on and so forth. I think for a, the Seattle base itself – yet probably around it mostly revolves around Russell Wilson but you also have to look at some of the other key guys like Shaq Barrett is he is he going to bring other say uh, is he going to bring other people to that defense to that offense are they is he going to help bring people to that team I say yes I think somebody like Shaq Barrett Shaq Griffin will go out and try to help the Seahawks be like hey listen come play for us you line up on me you line up next to me whatever It'll be a fun time. We'll win. We'll get somewhere far. Tom says a solid number two CB. I agree with Tom. Here's a solid number two. Wouldn't say he's your top guy, but he's a good number two guy that can lock down people when needed. All right. So, James, I'm gonna, I'm, what I'm going to do is I'm really disappointed right now. I'm going to try and share it myself. All, All right. right. 
maybe maybe a better luck. Share my screen. So we're gonna share. Okay, a Chrome to Okay, we're gonna share this. Yeah. We're gonna share that. Can you see it? Is it all good? Is it clear? Wow, guys, I it's I am sorry, but Kyle is just the the best at this. We got another comment from Steve. What's up, fellas? Did Kenny Galladay come up on the wheel of death yet? I like. <laughs> no, it did not. I'm gonna spin it right now. I'm gonna spin it, and let's Thanks see what we land, bud. Let's see what we land on. Curtis Samuel. Curtis Samuel, James. See, now this is intriguing because Curtis Samuel has been tagged to a couple NFL teams. He's been tagged to the Giants specifically, right? We, we've yep. heard that. I can see the Green Bay Packers potentially adding another uh, adding another wide receiver as, you know, they've been rumored to need one. Uh, you know, we saw last season in the playoffs specifically that – we saw last season specifically that, you know, Levante Adams, when it came down to it, although he's fantastic, it just wasn't enough with the guys that drop off between him and guys like Alan Lazard and guys like uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Um, but I'm going to go and I'm going to switch my gears, and I'm going to say that he actually signs with the Giants. I think really? that he going to the Giants because, again, I think the Giants were in favor of signing a guy – Allen Robinson and Allen Robinson is no longer available uh, because of the fact that, you know, they tagged him this morning. So he's not available anymore. And I think that the Giants can be a team that versus a Kenny Galladay, who is definitely the better player. Kenny Galladay has been injury prone throughout the entirety of his career. And I think that if you have to go for a safer guy, a speedster type guy, not a number one necessarily, but I think the Giants may look to draft the number one in this year's draft. But a nice number two or, yeah, nice number two or number three behind Sterling Shepard on a cheap wide receiver deal. I think that Curtis Samuel will be a nice addition. I think so, too. Honestly, to have an, a bigger name like Curtis Samuel, I mean, he's not – you guys know what I mean. Um, would honestly probably help Daniel Jones grow. And yeah, actually, actually see what he's made of. I you mean, know? listen. The ultimate goal, right? To see what your quarterback is capable of doing. Everybody's saying, you know, the lack of wide receivers. And, you know, I think that'll be something that the Giants will address this offseason. But we'll see what happens. James, I'm going to spin the wheel again. Do you want to get to John Stuggs' comment real quick? Oh, I can't see it. So, James, you're going to have to pull it oh, up. All right, my bad. Uh, John Stuggs, you mentioned Bingo's car lost. And do you think since they have like 42 million in space, do you think they bring him? Bring him and William Jackson back or look in free agency. Uh, something we talked about earlier was that, because uh, we were talking about the Bengals specifically, they have a lot of money, but not only does their defense need addressing, because Carl Lawson is a guy that he tore his rotator cuff, and I think he missed a decent amount of last season. Uh, we saw them offload a Carlos Dunlap. They have some mm-hmm. veteran guys like a, a Geno Atkins was a decent defensive player as well. I could see them bringing back Carl Lawson. I was surprised that they chose not to franchise tag him, though. He was one of the uh, the franchise tag candidates. We talked about it earlier, how I thought that Joe Thune would be a nice fit on the Bengals because I think the Bengals should be, although the defense was very bad last year, I think that especially after having a quarterback absolutely killed and, and you know, 
only played eight games of the season because he got injured to the severity in which he had, that they would look to focus on the offensive line first. I could definitely see them resigning him and William Jackson as a cornerback, but I think they also need to heavily, you know, focus on that cornerback position because it was so bad last year. Even William Jackson in there. Not that William Jackson wasn't a good player, but he's not they need a solid number two or maybe yes. even an upgrade over William Jackson. So we'll see what happens. They do have a lot of money to spend, and there's a plethora of different free agents in which they can help address and uh, potentially improve their team. But, James, I spun the wheel before you told me that John had a comment. Any further comments? Because I cannot see right now. No, we are good. Okay, so the next move that I had was Chris Carson. So Chris Carson spun the wheel. Chris Carson is another guy in which uh, is a free agent. A team that I could see Chris Carson landing with, I think that we could potentially see a either the Cardinals or maybe re-signing with Seattle. I'm going to go more towards Seattle. Again, mm-hmm. I was kind of surprised that they chose not to put the franchise tag more on him or Shaq Griffin, but they did clear up cap space. I think they want to bring him back. He was a solid running back last season. He's been a solid running back for the past couple seasons. I think knowing that you know he was one of the good players within that offensive system that Russell Wilson had to make him happy, I think they will bring him back uh, as a Seattle Seahawk, Chris Carson, that is. I would agree. Um, I don't see him going anywhere else. I can't even think of where else he would go. So Seattle would probably be the best fit for him to stay there. I agree. I agree. James, any comments before I further spin the wheel? Spin that wheel. All right, baby. Let's see what we land on. I like how the wheel's working better for you than it was for me. I know. It's really a shame, right? Yeah. Could have done that like 20 picks ago, but we'll see what happens. Dalvin Tomlinson. Dalvin Tomlinson. You know, this pains me to say, but I think that the Giants are going to wind up losing out on Dalvin. Uh, they've been a team notorious for not bringing back defensive tackles. Uh, mm-hmm. We've seen the last 10 years of Jonathan Hankins, Linval Joseph, uh, Barry Cofield. And now, sadly, I think it's Dalvin Tomlinson's turn, not because he's not a great player. He definitely is. But because, like I said earlier, you're spending so much money on a guy in a – Leonard Williams that I don't know if you're going to be able to clear enough further cap to bring him back on a, not a team friendly deal, but a deal in which he's willing to sign. Cause again, this is his first year up for a contract. He's not going to be looking to take a pay cut. I don't think so. And I, with that being said, I don't think he's going to remain with the giants. Now, where does that mean that he's going to wind up landing? I could see him potentially landing with, a Seattle. I could see him potentially landing. I know that it's not going to be love with me saying this. I could potentially see him landing with a Dallas because Dallas is another team where I don't think that they're going to care about spending as an interior defensive lineman. He's not going to be that overly expensive. No. And I think that they'll be okay with signing him to a long-term deal in which they can properly afford and maneuver. And I think that that'd be a nice spot for him to land as they try to rebuild that defense, kind of one of the cornerstones on that defensive line. I would agree. I mean, it, it, it stinks. We'll probably lose out on him, um, even though Williams and Thomason were so good together. Um, yeah. I could definitely see him going to a division rival and beating us up twice a year over the next, say, four to, four to six-ish years. 
um, which would hurt because we'll, we'll be saying that, well, if we didn't pay solar this much, if, you know, if we restructured contracts way before all this stuff, we'll be like, he would have been on our team. Um, yeah. I'm hoping the Giants figure something out to do, but I can see him staying within the NFC East, like a Dallas or even like a Washington. Well, I think um, Washington's okay on the defensive front. I don't think that they necessarily have to, even though they have the money to do so, James. I don't think that's a, I don't think that's a, you know, place in which they really have to worry about is their offensive line. I think they'll focus more towards adding offensive weapons and obviously figuring out the quarterback situation. Yeah. But you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. All right, spin the wheel again. Only got about, I think, six or seven names left, James. Sounds about right. Seven names left. Patrick Peterson. So Patrick Peterson has been with the Arizona Cardinals now. He's been with the Cardinals for a long time. I know he was drafted there uh, a long time. I even want to say like 10 years ago. He's played there a long time. But they're letting him go, and they're letting him now become a free agent. And I think that they're in all that I've seen in mock drafts, they have the Arizona Cardinals taking a guy in a, a Jace Horn to potentially replace mm-hmm. him at the quarterback position. And where I see him landing, I could really see him landing with the Kansas City Chiefs team. Because I think he's an older player. He's going to be 31 come the new season. Mm-hmm. He might be able to take a little bit of a pay cut in order to join a contending team. And we saw in the Super Bowl, James, and even during the entirety of the season, the cornerback position was one of their weaker stances. If yeah. there was a weakness on the Kansas City Chiefs, which is not many, it was the fact that their cornerbacks were not good. So Patrick Peterson to the Chiefs, again, how much more intriguing could it get? You're competing for a Super Bowl. Yes, you'll take a pay cut. We are already a veteran player, an older player that's going to be 31. Almost, I don't want to say guaranteed competing for a Super Bowl, but you can't argue the fact that you'd probably wind up seeing the Kansas City Chiefs definitely in the AFC Championship game, if not the Super Bowl. So I think that'd be a good team for him potentially to land with. John does have a comment. Um, Don't bring Patrick back. He hasn't done much in a while. He's not wrong. He's not wrong at all. He hasn't been. he hasn't been great since some of his younger years, uh, back 2015 and below when he was first drafted out of LSU, I believe he played with. Um, John, you're not wrong. I don't see them bringing him back. Uh, I, I, that's why I see him going to a team like the Kansas City Chiefs, a team that could win uh, solid of enough impact over what they had last season to work with. So I think that would be a team to look out for for Patrick Peterson. Might be a contender. I agree. We ready to spin the wheel. We have five names left, James. Five names. Let's do this. And it is. It is Kenny Galladay. The long awaited. The long awaited Kenny Galladay. And this is one of the biggest names in free agency. Uh, because I think he's alone right now is probably the best wide receiver left on the market uh, with guys being tagged like an Allen Robinson who won't hit the market, unfortunately. Guys like a Chris Godwin that won't hit the market, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. I think that he stands as 
a player that will be highly touted as we enter free agency come next week. A team that I really can see him going to. I know that the Giants have obviously been in the mix. I just I just don't see it personally happening. I don't see the Giants committing mm. uh, around $19 million, which I think he will ask for, 18 to $19 million to a wide receiver. Knowing that they probably will draft a wide receiver with their 11th overall pick, I would hope so. And a guy, so. a guy that's been plagued the injury career. But a team that I could see him going to, James, is the is the New England Patriots. They are a team that has missed out on a lot of wide receivers in the past. Uh, Julian Edelman, one of their best wide receivers, is getting older. They drafted mm-hmm. Nikhil a couple of years ago. They missed out on guys like Adebo Samuel, on A.J. Brown, a D.K. Metcalf, and they drafted a guy, Nikhil Harry, who's not really lived up potential, not a really good route runner. Kenny Galladay can fix those problems immediately and be an impact player for the Patriots. That's a team that I could see that can comfortably spend the money to do so and make a move like that. So I'm going to say that Kenny Galladay ends up with the New England Patriots. I like that. John Suggs with the comment here. Lions hurt his stock last year with only 338 yards and 20 catches. Yeah, well, John, he was hurt last year as well. He didn't play many games. That's why he had the stats that he had, but. Yeah, I could see him going to the Patriots. I think that's probably the best move, especially if they're trying to figure out a quarterback um, situation. I don't know who they even start looking at, in a sense, um, having a veteran guy on there. Having a down year from the Lions to probably having a pretty good year. Um, back isn't bad. We got another comment from Steve. Going off the grid real quick. But do you guys think Buffalo is a running back away from taking the next step over to overtake the Chiefs? I think they're a running back and a little bit better of an offensive line. That that's the problem with this Buffalo team, Steve. Is that you look at them piece by piece by piece. I know that Matt Milano is a free agent as well, so look out for that because that's a huge. Part of the reason why Buffalo has been so successful the last couple seasons, him out of Boston College, I believe he was drafted three, four years ago, something around that time. But they haven't really been able to figure out their running back situation, Steve. You're absolutely correct where, you know, they have guys, uh, the running back in which they drafted this year and the running back in which they already had. I'm trying to remember their names. Let me pull it up real quick, James. Give me a sec. Um, yeah, I'm blanking on them too for whatever reason. It's bad tonight. Running back situation. Zach Moss, who they drafted this year out of Utah, who was one of the better running backs out of the draft. And the other running back in which they oh, just completely blanking on it, man. This is gonna make this is gonna make me angry that I'm blanking on this name. Oh, let me find it. 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 Uh sing uh Devin Singletary. Devin Singletary and Moss Singletary. Yeah. Yeah, Moss and Singletary. Those guys, uh, more so Singletary, really hasn't lived up to the potential I think that we thought he was going to have. That's why they drafted a guy in Zach Moss. But Zach Moss got hurt last year as well and not really a big back. So potentially could see a move be made for Buffalo to acquire a running back, look after maybe a Najee Harris potentially out of the draft if they want to go that way in the first round. You know, we'll see what happens. I, again, it's Steve. It, you have to be realistic in a sense and come to the sense it's where it's like, what is going to take down 
a Chiefs team. Ultimately, I don't really think a lot will. Even with an offensive line that was completely decimated in the Super Bowl, the Chiefs, even though the score may have you know not shown that outcome where they necessarily competed, they just didn't necessarily show up. You know, their players were dropping passes that they normally catch, and not only dropping passes, but dropping passes in the end zone that could have made the score a lot tighter. Mm-hmm. Even with Pat Holmes having turf toe, in which he ultimately had to have surgery on in the offseason just a couple days after the Super Bowl was over, it's very hard for me to tell what is going to be the case. I think they could be maybe a tight end away as well. Dawson Knox may be the guy. I don't know if he's maybe. the guy. Cole Beasley is getting older as a slot receiver. I believe him and John Brown are free agents. Mm-hmm. So they have a couple holes that they have to fix. Uh, John, we talked. Uh, Steve, we talked about it earlier. I talked about maybe a Trey Hendrickson on the defense front as well because, again, as we know, they don't have a named guy on that defensive line that necessarily is sticks out. Maybe a Jerry Hughes, but maybe a named guy in there that can help them on the defensive front. Maybe that pushes them over the edge. They definitely need a running back, but I'm not going to say that definitely pushes them over the edge up to be the Kansas City team because I don't really know what does ultimately, you know. But, James, any further comments before we move on real quick and get these last four names out of the way? You can press away. I can proceed. Perfect. All right, so let's see what we land on now. i got a couple names left, and we have landed on Juju. Juju. We have landed on Juju. See, Juju James, he came out and said that he wants to remain a Pittsburgh Steeler for life. But what ultimately does that mean? Does that mean that you're going to be willing to take less money to remain with a team that is really bad cap-wise? I don't necessarily know. I don't think that's going to be the case. I could see him ending up with a team like Raiders or like the Jets. They're both teams that desperately need a wide receiver. Now, the issue is, is that specifically more so with the Jets, is that they don't have a number one right now. Can Denzel Mims be that guy? Maybe. Maybe. But I don't think they're proven in a system with with the Pittsburgh Steelers that Juju, I don't think, can necessarily be the number one guy. He was more so successful when he was the second guy to a guy in Antonio Brown. If he's on the Jets, he's ultimately going to be the number one guy. Can he be that? I don't know because it didn't work out in Pittsburgh where – Pittsburgh has a, a great run organization, one of the best coaches in football, one of the longest tenured coaches in football in Mike Tomlin. So I don't think that that would necessarily be maybe the guy you go for. Maybe the Raiders are a better fit next to a Henry Ruggs and a and the kid out Hunter Renfro out of Clemson. Maybe that's a better fit. Maybe he could be more so the second guy, maybe partially first guy. So I'd say the Raiders would be a nice fit for Juju. I, I'd, I'd love to see him back in a Pittsburgh uniform. I just don't see it happening cap-wise. I see the Raiders um, because he, he won't have to be almost that number one guy. He could be almost that number two, number number one, number two guy that they won't lock him down and he can kind of excel in like this past year where he was pretty much locked down and everybody else around him uh, excelled. Um, the Jets, I, I don't know. I mean – before, I would say it would be a Jets move to get a guy that dances on uh, every logo right before and make tic- TikToks all day. Um, but I don't think with their new head coach, that's not going to fly anymore. So that's just my opinion. No, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. But we will move on. We will proceed. No proceed. Corey Davis. All right, so what we have landed on, James, is Corey Davis. Now, again, 
this is another interesting one because Corey Davis is a guy that I didn't think was going to get the tag. I thought that – well, first off, Tennessee didn't use their tag. I believe that's the case. They didn't use their tag today, and they had the opportunity to either use it on a guy in either Johnny Smith, which we talked about earlier, or mm-hmm. Corey Davis, which we're talking about right now. And Corey Davis, he was drafted with the number five overall pick a couple years back. He never really lived up to the hype and then started playing really well alongside A.J. Brown this past season. Had a monster season uh, for a guy that never really developed into that number five overall pick, number one receiver. Mm-hmm. A team that I think is going to wind up landing him is going to be the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. I think he's probably one of the better wide receivers on the market, probably one of the best wide receivers on the market with the exception of Kenny Galladay. Mm-hmm. I can see him going there, and I think that that would ultimately make the Packers a legitimate threat offensively. Not that they already aren't. Not that they already aren't, but I think that that would be a nice landing spot for him to be with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I, I think he would fit into the Aaron Rodgers system pretty well. It would probably only help take off, give Aaron Rodgers another trusted wide receiver. Yeah. Any comments, James? Nope. All right, so there's only two names left, so this will be the last time that I spin it. Matt Judon? Jordan? Matthew Judon. Judon. Matthew Judon. So, with Matthew Judon, I'd like to see him back with the Ravens. He turns 29 in August, and the Ravens are another team that just does not have any money to really spend. You know, James, as you know, they're going to be a team that's going to be primarily focusing on re-signing a guy in Lamar Jackson and will probably have to ultimately pay him a boatload of money, especially after having, you know, Dak Prescott getting the contract that he did resetting the market. So I don't see Judon being brought back. The team that I could see him landing with is actually the Tennessee Titans. We saw their defense was absolutely terrible last yeah. offseason. I think that this would be a good fit for him. I think he's a proven great defensive player, and I'd like to see him in that position with the Titans. I would agree. I'd agree 100%. So, James, um, okay, go. Shoot. We do have, we do have a comment. Where, wait, who do we have left? We have just one guy we left. Have, we just have one guy left, but we'll get into him after you said we have a comment. It it, it actually covers Fuller. So if we're gone, done with Judon, I can pull up Fuller in that comment. So the last guy that we'll talk about right now is Will Fuller. And Will Fuller was the last guy that we had on the wheel that we created. Will Fuller is another interesting case. It's going, And why I say it's going to be interesting, I know I've said it with a lot of guys, but why this one is interesting to me at least is that because he's a great wide receiver when he's healthy and when he could stay on the field. And those are two separate issues. And, you know, that's brought up this season as well. John, you brought up the fact that he's significantly injury prone as well. Is he a great receiver? Absolutely. But with that injury problem, do you want to give this guy a contract as he probably will be a number one or number two receiver on your football team? Another interesting factor is, again, he got suspended because of PED use midway through the season of, you know, the Houston Texans season. So is he really – you know, that great of a receiver or is he, you know, performance enhancing drugs going up for a contract that not necessarily the smartest of things to do still serving a suspension right now. 
Yeah. We'll see where he lands. I, John, I like your point, Fuller to the Bengals. I can definitely see that happening. Oh. Considering that I don't think that John Ross will be the guy. They, they kind of worked him out of the system, out of Zach Taylor's system last season. A.J. Green is another old aging receiver that I don't think he's going to be back necessarily. And they have guys like a uh, uh, – forget the name. I'm all over the place tonight. T. Higgins, who they drafted, Steve is bringing up, saving us in the comments section. Uh, another receiver who they have as well. Trying to think of his name. Um, I'm blanking on names tonight, bud. Tyler Boyd. Tyler Boyd's the other receiver who they have. So I don't know if that would be the best fit for him. A team that I could potentially see him land with, uh, again, some of the receiver needy teams, maybe that would be a better upgrade for the Jets over Juju, which we talked about. To potentially yeah. work with Denzel Mims and Jameson Crowder if they do so choose to keep him. So I'll say I'll say Will Fuller to the Jets would be a nice fit. I think so. I think that would probably be the best option for the Jets and Will Fuller. Yeah. John Suggs commenting Fuller to the Giants. Again, John, personally, as, as a Giants fan, and I'm not going to speak on behalf of James. James, you can give your opinion, obviously. Uh I just uh, – a guy who's been accused of PED use, a guy who's been injury-prone, plagued throughout the entirety of his career, uh, a, a team that doesn't have the cap right now, I, I don't feel comfortable giving a guy 16 to $17 million per year on a long-term deal that can't stay on the field for two separate issues. And is that the guy that you want to invest in where, you know, there's already a tremendous amount of questions surrounding Dan Jones and – you know, the lack of wide receivers is the reason why he hasn't necessarily performed well. Do you want to give him that guy that can't stay on the field? So I, I don't I wouldn't want to see that. Not that he's not a great player, but too many questions in terms of staying and ability to stay on the field. So I wouldn't want to see that. I, I'd like to see him more so on the Jets as they can absorb that type of money cap wise. And it could be a nice building block for, you know, a, a Sam Darnold or maybe they decide to draft a quarterback in this year's draft. I think that'd be a better fit. I agree with your points there, Kyle. All right, so that will do it for our Get Your Money segment. Get your money. I know that was a little, listen, we hyped it up, a little depressing in the first half, came through clutch a little bit in the second half, but the, uh, the remainder of the uh, players that we had left on the wheel. So I hope you all enjoyed. A little creativity to give you here on this Tuesday night. We're going to go through a couple more things before we end off. James, we're going to run a little over tonight, probably to around the – I want to say probably around 840, maybe a little below that, but we're not going to be ending at 830 tonight. So a couple of the things that we want to get into. So obviously NBA All-Star Weekend happened this weekend. And just to go over some some things quickly, uh, Team LeBron won with the score of 170 to uh, – I forgot the final score, but they absolutely obliterated Team Durant. It's just ultimately not happening. Yeah, it was 170. Well, what they did was they implemented this rule. Well, James, you know, the all-star game, they just don't care. It's just an offensive dominant game. Oh, yeah, that's true. Uh, So they capped it off of 170 because of the new instilled Kobe Bryant rule, which is uh, they – I think they add the two scores together after the third quarter, and then then they – whatever team – yeah, John Suggs coming in clutch, 170-150. and then they see what team gets the 24 uh, points in that quarter first, I think is ultimately how it goes. Oh, that's cool. Uh, but Team LeBron, yeah, 24 because it's Kobe Bryant, 24. Yeah. Uh, team LeBron dominated. Uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo won the MVP in this game. 
was 16 for 16 from the field. Most of these points came off of dunks. But what was impressive was that he was 3 for 3 from the three-point line. Not a great three-point shooter. Uh, finished off at around 35 points. Won the MVP in this game. Steph Curry, absolutely phenomenal game himself as well. So this was actually a pretty entertaining all-star game, I'd say, uh, in terms of the competition separately. Uh, the skills challenge was won by Montes Sabonis, faced off against Nikola Vucevic in the last round. Big men coming in clutch in the skills challenge, getting the three to win the competition. Uh, came up as the loser last year, I believe, to Bam Adebayo in the final. So nice to see him gain a little redemption and coming back and winning that competition in this year's edition of the skills challenge. The three-point competition. The three-point competition was really, really, really exciting. Uh, Steve coming in. I was bummed and B couldn't play. Yeah, and Bede and Ben Simmons as well, Steve. Uh, you know, they, they got diagnosed with COVID or got in contact with people co- with COVID. You know, I think it was a barber. Got in contact with a barber that had COVID just a couple hours before the game. And the safe protocol was to just not have them play. Um Going back to the competitions, the three-point competition was really, really entertaining. Uh, it was a competition between Mike Connolly, who made his first All-Star Game appearance uh, this year in his illustrious career. He's never been an All-Star before. Probably one of the best players to never be an All-Star. But getting to cross that off his list of accomplishments this year was really, really good. Steph Curry actually had to hit the last three-pointer in the competition on the rack in order to win the competition, I believe. Mike Connolly had 26 points. Steph mm-hmm. had to hit that last one to make it 27. If it was Mike Connolly having 27 or if it was Steph having to hit 28. But really entertaining three-point competition this year. And now to the final contest before we move on into some little other NBA news and then we'll move on to some other stuff. Uh, dunk contest, uh, you know, I don't sit here alone when I say this. The dunk contest was not entertaining. It was not a good one. Uh, by any stretch of the imagination. I don't think a lot of people really expected it to be a great one. There was only three participants in this year's dunk contest. Cassius Stanley, uh, Andrew Simons, and Obi Toppin. Obi Toppin, I was I was rooting for as a New Yorker, as, you know, uh, not a Knicks fan, but just as a New Yorker rooting for him to win it. He came through it with, a, with a couple of nice dunks. You know, in the comment section, give your opinion. What did you think of the dunk contest? I think that it was kind of, especially in the first round, the scores were kind of, misrepresented uh, some of these dunks i thought deserved higher scores than they got some of the dunks i thought that deserved lesser scores got higher scores uh, cash stanley had a really impressive first dunk but then just couldn't make a dunk after that so he was eliminated the first one to be eliminated and then it was anfrey Simons against obi toppin mm-hmm. and i thought it was just interesting that they picked uh simons uh, they had a new interesting rule in this year's dunk contest where they didn't give the final dunks a score. Instead, they just gave a unanimous uh, who they thought won the dunk contest overall. It went to Simons. His uh-huh. dunks were the more impressive. They were more just so, you know, I could jump really high. Not really you know, creativity in the dunks. But he goes away with the victory. Uh, dunk contest champion of 2021. Uh, so that'll do it for the All-Star Weekend. couple other NBA comments. Uh, John, we got a couple comments here from you. Let's pull that up real quick. I'll pull that up. Since next picked up Griffin, Blake Griffin, you're alluding to, John. Do you think the Lakers go after Drummond or Oladipo? John, I absolutely 100% go them, see them going after a guy in Drummond. I think they need size, especially after missing uh, Anthony Davis because we don't know a timetable for his return. I don't think that they're going to want to mess with that. And also a guy that can give you 15 and 10 a night, 
how can you say no to that on your team, especially if he does get bought out, which I think we could all see happening with the Cleveland Cavaliers as we, as I don't think that he will be a guy that gets traded. I just don't see the market for him right now. So I could totally see him as a buyout candidate. Oladipo, uh, that's another interesting case with the Houston Rockets as you know he denied a contract with them. I don't think that he's going to be back with the Rockets. I just don't see the Lakers. I, I don't know what a trade package would look like from the uh, from the Lakers because I don't think that Oladipo is a candidate to be bought out with. I think that the Rockets, even though they won't be able to bring him back, will look to trade him beyond anything, not buy him out. Mm-hmm. I can definitely drum him, though. Uh, let's see another comment by John real quick before we move on into our NHL segment. Real quick, and then we'll wrap it up, James. What teams have surprised you the most, and what team has been the biggest disappointment? I say surprise is Knicks and Hornets, and biggest disappointment is Heat and Timberwolves. Um, well, a couple things, John. I would say surprise. I would agree with the Knicks and the Hornets. They're definitely surprises. Uh, not necessarily thinking that they were going to be there. I'd say my biggest surprise is probably the Philadelphia 76ers, how really we've seen the the how the coaching has really changed the mantra of the organization because uh, I believe Brown, the Jeff Brown or, or something along those lines, I can't remember the coach's first name uh, for them last season, but Brown, who was their coach for a while, Brett Brown, was not a good – coach and he got fired last season and they brought in a doc rivers who was recently fired and let go for the clippers and you know losing out so many years when the clippers had so many great teams put together could never really get over that ultimate hog and win the championship but now being pulled with the philadelphia 76 we see that they're a completely different organization joel Embiid is in the mvp conversation putting ridiculous numbers every single night mm-hmm. ben simmons is not putting up you know Ridiculous numbers, but he's a great defensive player, and he but a triple double, uh, triple double machine, really. So I think he's averaging thirteen, ten, and around seven or eight uh, assists per game. He's been highly impressive. And Seth Curry and Steve, you know this best as a Sixers fan. Uh, yes, there are Sixers in the comments section. That Seth Curry has been a really, really important figure on this team, as that has tremendously improved the shooting in the wing position for them. As well as Tobias Harris, Steve. You could allude to that as well. Tobias Harris, who they paid big money to, was only averaging 16 points per game. And now eclipsed that and got to the 20-point-per-game margin, which has tremendously improved the offense for the 76ers. So I would say the Sixers, John, are my biggest surprise. Disappointment? Uh, I don't want to say that the Heat are a disappointment uh, because the Heat had a lot of guys, John, who suffered with injury and COVID in the beginning of the season. Jimmy Butler... Bam Adebayo, Tyler Hero, that's three main figures on that team. Missed a lot of time in the beginning of the season. Jimmy Butler specifically missed 10 straight games, which they lost a lot of those games and kind of put them in a bad spot. But now, John, as you see them, you know, come back to health. They're 18 and 18 right now. They stand sixth in the Eastern Conference. Only a game, only a game out of the fourth spot in the East. So I wouldn't say they're a disappointment. Timberwolves, another team, right? D'Angelo Russell has been hurt for basically the entirety of the season. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns missed a lot of the season as well because he uh, had COVID, a really bad stint of COVID. We obviously know the storyline with his family and the COVID situation where it was very serious. His mother passed away last season actually from COVID and a lot of his family members as well. So I wouldn't say they've been a disappointment. If I want to say disappointment, uh, I'd probably have to honestly say either the Atlanta Hawks 
or the Washington Wizards. Because the Washington mm-hmm. Wizards, I was a huge supporter of. I thought they were going to be great with the addition of Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal. And that just necessarily has not panned out this season. Uh, the signing of Davis Bertans back is not really helping them out as all. Well. He was a really tremendous player from the three-point line last season. Has not been that this season. Uh, the Atlanta Hawks, another team as well. I thought they had a tremendous offseason. Bogdanovich got hurt, so that's hurt them. Uh, Danilo Gallinari has not been great. Uh, I've heard talks that they're looking to potentially move with John Collins. Uh, we saw they fired their head coach just last week. So they're not translating to wins. DeAndre Hunter had a meniscus surgery, so he's been hurt. A lot of things hasn't worked out in the Hawks' favor. So I'd go more towards the biggest disappointment for me is the Atlanta Hawks. That's my personal opinion. But, James, moving on from our NBA segment real quick, we are going to talk some NHL. Just go over a couple little things, and then I'll end off the show here on this little extended edition of Review and Preview. So, James, we're going to first talk about – we'll first go into the Rangers a little bit. So the Rangers over the weekend, they suffered a really – I don't want to say a bad injury, but almost a scary injury. Uh, I was actually watching this game. Igor Shesterkin, the Rangers goalie, had went down with a what looked like a significant injury, uh, just mm. a mild groin strain. But he's missed he's missed these last couple games. Uh, Alexander Gorgiev has played two of these games. I believe he won one of them, but then lost five to one in a really bad game, which he had to be pulled out early uh, for for Kincaid. Uh, they wound up losing that game. Uh, Kincaid is actually getting the start tonight against Pittsburgh. And with two minutes and 40 seconds left in this game for the Rangers, the Rangers are down three to two right now. So hopefully within the next couple of minutes, they can get, you know, on track, maybe tie the game, at least grab one point as they look to stay afloat as we are at that midway point in the season right now. So that's where the Rangers stand right now. And now, James, moving up quickly to John's comment. John, you're a big Hurricanes fan, my man. You're always talking Hurricanes in our comment section. The Hurricanes, right now, they stand as only the team, the second team in the Central, right behind uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning, which is in a great position, obviously, as the Tampa Bay Lightning are coming off a cup victory. They have 35 points, only behind Tampa's 36. They've been a fantastic team this season, John. You're absolutely right. They're on a – I know they've won every game in the month of March. They're on a five-game win streak right now. They're down one nothing to Nashville uh, midway through the second period. We'll see what happens there. Uh, John, who's kind of been some of – haven't paid that much attention, obviously, as we are New Yorkers. Who's been kind of the impact players for the Carolina Hurricanes team? Has it has it been a Sebastian Ajo? I know that's a, that's a name that's been tremendous. I know that you guys acquired a uh, Vincent Trocek last, uh, during the deadline last offseason. He's been tremendous. I know that. Any other names, John, that you want to add in the chat, feel free to. But otherwise, we're going to move on, look to close it up right now with the Islanders, James. So the Islanders, James, they've looked fantastic. They're on a five-game win streak. Um, They're tied right now at the end of the second period with Boston, 1-1. Boston Mm -hmm. has 25 shots on goal. The Islanders, 16. Uh, Dougie Hamilton in the comment section for John for his Carolina Hurricanes. But moving back onto the Islanders. They've looked great, James, on that five-game win streak. When they could against Buffalo, right? Yep. Entirely impressive. Uh, they are leading the Eastern Division right now. I believe they are the – in terms of points, I want to say they stand as a top-five team in terms of where they stand in 34 points. 
They've been very good this season. They don't look to be slowing down uh, as they go on after this Boston game. I believe they play four games against New Jersey, which will help them out schedule-wise tremendously. And we've so just beat New Jersey this past sa- Saturday. So, yeah. So, well, they beat Buffalo, not New Jersey. I don't think they played New oh, Jersey. Buffalo, yeah, okay. They played New Jersey last Tuesday. Last, so, yes, okay, I got me this. But the Islanders have looked tremendous. They've looked to keep up the heat. The offense has been there. The Obviously, we know the goal tending, which has been nice to see. Sorokin has worked himself into the mix. Yes. Um, which has been nice uh, as Varley has been one of the quietly one of the best goalies in hockey. John Suggs, do you think the Devils pass the Rangers? Um, I mean, John, right now the Devils stand five points behind the Rangers. Uh, it's going to be very difficult, obviously, in a, in a division and a schedule right now where you have teams playing the same exact teams so many times in a season where there's not really much room to jump over that team. Whereas if this is a normal scheduled 82 game season, you have, you're playing everybody in the league. I think it's going to be hard for the devils to surpass the Rangers as I think the Rangers are the better team. Uh, the devils are just, you know, they're young, they're young. They, they have some old players like a Palmieri, the PK Subban on the team. But Mackenzie Blackwood right now has not been the best of goaltenders for them, and they've been lack offensively. Jack just kind of had a hot start to the season, kind of off it. Uh, and I believe Nico Hishier is one of their better offensive players who they drafted a couple years back has gotten re-hurt again. So I don't think that the Devils will be able to surpass them. But, James, if you have anything to say in regards to the honors, anything left to say, let me know. But other than that, I think we have a great show, man. I think it's been good stuff. Yeah, no, the Islanders, uh, hopefully they win tonight, continue on that streak. Um, it's nice to see them back winning, um, especially in the month, month of March, as we all have now entered a uh, wonderful March. So hopefully uh, we can continue playing sports. Um, and then, John, with the last comment, Devils re- remind me of two years ago, Florida, young teams, and now look at Florida. John, I don't disagree with you. I think that Florida was in a better place where they had uh, still some better players at the time. They already had a uh, Herberto, Jonathan Herberto. They already had guys uh, like a Keith Yandel, who's been great defensively. They already had an Aaron Eklab. Uh, Anthony Duclair before getting hurt was great for them this season. Uh, Bar- uh, Barkov, Alexander Barkov has been great. The reason why they kind of fell off is that the goaltending necessarily wasn't the best. And they were also, again, being put in the stance where they are now, where you get to beat up on teams like Dallas who aren't good, Nashville who is not good, and teams like Detroit who aren't good, I think has helped them tremendously. Whereas if you were playing a regular, normal season, I don't know if that necessarily be the case. And that doesn't go for Florida. That goes for every team in the NHL right now. But – as they stand right now, they are a very impressive team as they are only two points behind first place in the Central Division. But, James, on that note, that'll do it for this extended edition of Review and Preview. James, I know you're taking a little hiatus uh, come next week. If you know, yep. I don't know what timetable in which you plan on being back, but, brother, enjoy the vacation. A lot of hard work over the last couple of weeks. Looking about um, a month. Hopefully it's no longer than a month. Just need to recharge. A lot of things have been picked up. Uh, in my personal life, everything's all good. Don't worry, we're all healthy, we're all good. It's just yeah. uh, things have just picked up, gotten busy, 
and um, just realized I need to take a break um, from a few things, take a step back, recharge, recharge the battery. So when I come back, I'm full, fully ready to go over here and with you and Tom um, and you and Tom, I believe, I think it's just you two next week, unless that changes. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. Um, so yeah, it, it, honestly, guy, it was a fun month with me and you. Me and you had some pretty good shows. We had some excellent shows. We we did have some excellent shows, viewership wise, comments wise as well. And you know, to thank all of you that's uh, consistently commented, uh, liked, subscribed to our show, uh, yep. viewed our show over the last couple of weeks, and you know, of course, all the time. It's been a tremendous pleasure entertaining you guys, and we thank you from the bottom of our hearts for for listening to us, going on rants, enjoying this time, talking about sports, listening to your comments, listening to your opinions as well, and uh, having a good time over the course of the last hour and a half over these last couple weeks as well. But it was fun, the James and Kyle show for a little bit. But Tom Scavetta, James, like you alluded to, will be back next week to restart as the main host of Review and Preview come next week. James will take a little hiatus, but I will still be here rocking on Review and Preview come next week. So without further notice, guys, thank you all for listening. Another great edition of Review and Preview. Have a great night, everybody.